again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast for games from the Game Pass Collection, bringing you a new perspective from varying skill range. I am the private eye of this episode, Andrew. With me, our lazy eye, Keith. Hello. And our blind eye, Liz. Hey, guys. And this week was Liz's pick. Kona. Yep. Kona by Parable. 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 Studios. I couldn't figure out how to pronounce them. But sure, let's go with that, Keith. So Kona is a first-person exploration game with a slight hint of survival in it. But the overall premise is it's North Canada, 1970. A strange blizzard ravages a small lake in Canada. You step into the shoes of a detective to explore the eerie village, investigating surreal events. So, Liz, since this was your pick, is this a game or a pass? So this might sound strange. I'm going to give it a game, even though when I got to the very end, I just didn't like the gameplay and I just stopped playing. Just like, you know, when I had... You were like right of, at the yeah, end too. I, had like and I kept telling you to finish. And I didn't want to. You're giving it a but, game? Yeah, because I did enjoy it. I liked the story. I thought it was fun. And I love games that make you feel like you're there. And I thought this game did that really well. And so I enjoyed my experience. But it's like, it's the same thing when I'm reading a book. If the book just like kind of gets to crap at the end, I won't finish it. I don't care if I have a chapter left. <laughs> that doesn't ruin the book for you? No, because I mean, I'll, I I can look up what happens if I'm really interested, but like, Dang <laughs> I've that. done it before. That's You're weird. like the thought of that. I don't read books because, well, you know, brain cells or something. But like the <laughs> like a TV show. Yeah, like the, last like the thought of watching ninety percent of something, playing ninety percent of them, going, mm, I'm done. Like even it fell. I I didn't particularly love that game at all, but I got close enough to the end that I was like, I'm gonna power through. I gotta finish this, and I did. So I can't I can't understand that. But you do you, Liz. Yeah, it reminds me of like people who don't eat the crust Ugh. of a pizza. Like that's still part of the pizza, and it's, to me, it's like one of the best parts. I love the crust. I love my carbs. Like you eat See, all the way to the crust, and then you don't finish your pizza. Like what the heck? The only reason if it's you a monster, if it's a pizza with bad crust, the only reason why I'll eat it is if I think like someone's gonna judge. If I'm eating it by myself and the crust is like real bad, then it's a bad pizza. Yeah, but yeah, there's sometimes where I'm like, there, if there's like too much crust, and I'm just like, oh, do you know what? Someone's just gonna say something if I don't eat it. So I eat, I always eat the crust, but it's only because I don't want comments. But I mean, that's a perfect <laughs> example. You don't eat the crust because you said it's a bad crust. So it's a no, bad no, 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 no. You always leave strategic bites. You leave just a little bit of cheese and sauce right at the edge of the crust, so you can just get that perfect bite of crust, especially if it's a good one. <laughs> anyway, we're getting off track. Keep this is a game of pass for you. Pizza. <laughs> um, this game, I've got complaints. There's things I didn't care for, <laughs> but overall, it's a game. I definitely think it's a game. The, the environments were good. The story was actually moderately interesting, or maybe not the story, but I don't know the the mysteries of it all. I guess you could say I I, I did enjoy it. So I guess I'm the odd one out because I'm giving this a pass. I did not care for this wow. game. You never pass. I know. <laughs> I just because for me too, I was just so disappointed. So as I kind of read with the description, is that you're playing this private detective, and you're kind of first solving like this murder mystery, and then it kind of gets into some surreal and supernatural kind of elements and which was kind of throwing me off but overall i didn't feel like a detective the entire time the entire time i just felt like some doofus just stumbling around a village and just collecting pieces of scraps and you don't really solve anything you just kind of stumble your way through this adventure i felt like 
So yeah, you're I'm kind of given all the information. You're not really being a detective in that sense. Yeah, well, and that's what I mean. Yeah, no, I'm agreeing no matter, with you. No matter what you do, it's pointless. So I didn't feel like a detective, and that's it, I, I was just. I guess I can kind of see where you're coming from, but I don't know. I felt like I was like investigating things and like really looking into it. And I think maybe the the narrator was what really gave me the feel of that. But I liked some of the ways that it it had you put together puzzles and and different things like that. But I will I will agree with you that it wasn't robust. It wasn't like Dick Tracy out there. See, I think this is one of the first games where I really wanted to read everything that I found because what you're doing, you're driving around and you're going to these different cabins and the, nobody's around. And so you're stumbling upon different documents like diaries or someone wrote a story about um, wanting to kill somebody just for killing and stuff. And I just... I found that stuff like the most interesting. Like you're reading about like this woman who had an affair and the baby isn't her husband's and she's pregnant and then you're reading her daughters and I, I just thought that that stuff was very interesting and usually I'm just like flipping through documents like just scanning it not really reading it. Honestly, I skipped the majority of it because I did not care. <laughs> I, I Don't get me wrong, I read some of it but a lot of these people I'm just like you're the worst. I don't, yeah, and I just don't <laughs> care about these people because you don't, you only interact with one living person. Sorry, slight spoiler alert. But you only interact with one living person and like you don't get much context or talking to this person. And so it's like, I didn't care about any of these characters. I didn't find any of these characters to have like unique personalities that I'm like, ooh, this is a really cool environment. I want to find out about this person. No, I didn't care. It's just, but I'm just reading text. I also think too that when you're reading the documents, there was something that was mentioned in the reviews for this game, which we'll get into like much later. But someone was talking about in their second playthrough, they started seeing, I don't know how, like if I'm pronouncing this right, but Anglophone versus Francophone and how it's still relevant now in Quebec, but that's pretty much like English speaking versus French speaking. Cause I mean, like, I guess that's like a, a conflict up there but i also <laughs> when you're reading it there's a lot of racism in it oh yeah and it's obviously the 70s and i just thought it was interesting where they were taking kind of like these things that were really more prevalent then well i guess that's debatable but i'm assuming like the when you turn on the radio i'm assuming that was kind of like what was playing on the radio back then i have no idea but yeah. so i thought they added a lot of different things to make it seem like different time yeah, I, I mean, I felt like overall the environments of things or all of the way the vehicles were designed, just kind of the overall feel of it. He talks a lot about, was he in the Vietnam War? Or is that? Yeah. Yeah, so they, they reference a lot of the Vietnam War. Like, I don't know, it, it felt like it fit the times as far as the overall setting of the game, I guess. But but yeah, I, I will agree, like... Not, I wasn't interested in the characters, but at the same time, <laughs> it was small enough of a map, and I felt like it was it was concise enough to explore that I could do it and it kind of find out everything that there was to find out without being overwhelmed and going, I don't care about all this information. I actually did read a good chunk of it. I wasn't excited to every time. It wasn't like, oh, wow, this is great. But I found myself reading at least a good chunk of it or skimming through it because I felt like 
there was context clues through a lot of it, it that if you read into some of the things they were saying it would help you to figure out where something else was happening or what you had to do somewhere else so i did like that aspect of it yeah that's very true because they were talking about how you needed to get like the key out of that little hole in the burrow kind of thing so i think that the documents actually were just a way to break up the kind of some of the monotony of i mean you're talking about how like the map is small but all these cabins are super far apart and it wouldn't make sense to live that way especially when you live in a place that has a ton of snow like i mean this is the 1970s and I mean, they don't have the things that we have now. Like, I feel like everything would be closer. And then I think they made it stretched out so that there's more to the game. Because it's a very short game. I saw walkthroughs that were up to, like, like, as soon as, like, three hours online. But I just felt like, I mean, the load screens every time you got to a cabin. And, like, it's just, like, I felt like they either needed more to it or to just make it smaller but then the game would be too short so i think there that was their way of kind of combating that to make it seem like you're not driving as much see i thought the the overall spacing of the houses made a lot of sense it's like this wooded logging town and there's you know 30 people that live there tops and when you're driving i mean it takes you two minutes to drive from one house to the other it's not like you're driving 20 minutes each time to get there so they were actually still moderately close to each other they were just really long if you were doing it on foot if anything yeah i was really glad that the map was a bit smaller because at the beginning when you open the map it shows you a map of the quote-unquote region like it just shows like a kind of a local map and i was like ah man this looks really big i don't know if i'm gonna have the patience for this game but then you go to an area and there's a landslide so you're actually kind of restricted to this kind of smaller part of the map which i was very grateful for well so if i if i can ask a question then about this or i'm going to ask a question about it i should say and i don't know if this is a spoiler what's the whole point of the north north part of the map do you ever go into there because as far as i saw there's hamilton yeah i never went up there yeah, you never do. Okay. Because, I mean, uh, it, you go to the east part at the end part of the game, but that's about it. Yeah, but I, so I guess that was kind of what annoyed me, just as a, as a weird end game thing, is that I got there and I went, I don't know why that was on the map if I never had to go there. It makes sense why it was there, because it was the rich yeah. town owner, but you're investigating his murder. Shouldn't you go yeah. to his house? But a local map wouldn't just have a map of Kona, the, the town itself, because, it, as you said, it's a super small town. Why would anyone want a map of just this tiny town of, like, three roads? So it makes sense that it would, the map would show kind of the encompassing area, even though you don't go to it. I, I feel like I guess what it did, and maybe what kind of annoyed me about it, and it was one of the things I took some issue with, is it just felt like one more red herring in the game. Which I yes. guess maybe makes sense if we're talking again about the whole detective aspect in Private Investigator. That's sort of a trope of of detectivism. Uh, it's a term I just made up. Is that you know <laughs> the the whole red herrings, and there's just so many things to open that had nothing in them, and I'm just sitting there wondering yeah. why is there so many empty cabinets? I understand that it's somewhat of a survival game. But I also don't understand why there's so many empty cabinets to open, and then there's just also areas make you can't it go. Also, easier to open them. Yes, that's that's a whole thing. It was like secret neighbor all over again. Oh, you're you're <laughs> trying to ruin my game here, Liz. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was that was a big complaint for me with this with Kona as well. For me, this game kind of has a lost identity 
it's kind of a walking simulator, kind of survival game. And it's just, I didn't feel like it did either of them well. Because, like, the long dark, I mean, you really had to worry about food. This one, you're worrying about, like... Heat. Insanity, that's it. Yeah, exactly. And so for me, like, I think they tried to make it harder at the end because I noticed that when night fell, I mean, you got cold so much faster. And so for me, I was on the snowmobile versus the truck. And that actually reminds me, I kept getting thrown off by the, the wolf would appear and all the spikes would show up at the end. Yeah, the supernatural wolves. So it would throw me off my snowmobile and turn my snowmobile. So obviously you can't look at the map when you're driving. So I was like, oh, crap, it, I got now going in the wrong direction. But did it, what happens if you're in the truck? I don't know. You can't you can't drive the truck in the snow, so you wouldn't be able to bring oh, the truck there. Oh, so you have to. Yeah. So you have to get Either thrown. go by foot or you do the snowmobile. Okay. Because that's the thing. Like, the snowmobile made it so much easier, but it also felt like not only did it sound annoying, especially <laughs> during the load scenes, like, it would just make it extra, extra loud, which, by the way... <laughs> Our neighbors' dogs, I had the volume on super low, but there's something about it that drove the dogs crazy. So if you have dogs, like, beware. Mm-hmm. Or puppers. No. I mean, they bark at everything. They bark <laughs> at leaves. But I just noticed every time a load screen happened and I was on the snowmobile, they went berserk. And I the volume was on, like, four at my house. <laughs> four or five. <laughs> but yeah, with driving, I thought it was funny at the beginning, Andrew was watching me play. And at the beginning, you kind of like almost get into a car accident. You go into a ditch. And then so I'm driving along in the truck and all of a sudden I like spin out. And I'm like, oh, is this part of the story too? <laughs> and Andrew's like, no, this. And let's just driving in reverse for a while too, going, oh, this I is go- part of the game. Because like, how did, did you guys think that it was like driving in the snow? Because I, compared to most people, like, I'm in the u.s and compared to most people i got my license fairly late in life <laughs> like in my mid to late 20s i've only driven the snow a couple times and i mean it is kind of i, I for me I, I kind of felt like i was driving in snow eh, a little bit really. for what, like a game you're just not great at driving in video games i i was watching you <laughs> in the snowmobile i didn't know if you were like just screwing around but you kept zigzagging left and right. Oh, no, I was really trying. And I was like, are you actually driving like that or are you just trying to entertain yourself? And you just stared at me. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay. No, the driving I didn't find great as a whole. But it's fine. But I think they're trying to make it more difficult because when you're driving in in snow, especially with, like, turns and stuff, like, I mean... But there's not a lot of things to crash. If you're driving in the truck, your truck cannot go off the road. So it's not like your truck is like hitting these trees and it damages or anything like that. The snowmobile can go anywhere, but it's not like it really did anything if you hit any of the trees or anything like that. I like that you reminded me because I actually went into a tree and I was like, crap. And he's like, do a three point turn. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and Liz goes, what's a three point turn? <laughs> but what did you guys think of like the survival aspect of the game? I, I've always felt like, because I didn't realize that I should be putting stuff in the back of my truck. Because whenever you look at something, you have the tiniest little circle, and I didn't see it. And I'm very unobservant, so I didn't realize, oh, I can put things in the back of my truck. So I could only carry, like, one log at a time, and I would constantly get somewhere, and they didn't have logs, but I could make a fire in that spot. So I'm like, crap, I have to go all the way back to get a log. So I just thought that was annoying. And the sanity thing... Like, I, I thought that was kind of dumb. It's like you see a wolf and, like, you're like practically having a heart attack. You have a hatchet. You have a gun. Like, relax, dude. Yeah, the wolves... It's one wolf. The wolves were just there. 
Like, they weren't much of a nuisance. There's, like, three or four spots, I swear, on the entire map where they are, like, located. And, like, they weren't hard to fight. They were just they were just a nuisance. Same with the survival aspect. I thought it was just a nuisance. It's just there to remind you, hey, it's cold. Get inside. Like, okay. Yeah, it felt like it was just a little bit... <clears throat> or to make it a little bit more interesting than maybe just a walking simulator is possibly what it was. Just have, have a little action, because it's a fight. I guess that you have to swing your hatchet twice to kill the wolf and then the other two scatter every time. So you don't even have to fight three wolves. You just have to kill one of them. And as far as like an enemy for fighting, if we were, if this were some sort of an action game, their reaction time to turn and fight you was laughable, especially for being wolves. You could legitimately just sprint up onto them at least get in one of your hits and probably prepare for the second one and they never hit you. Like I think through the whole game I maybe used three first aid kits. Just I yeah, I used like one never felt at, at the end. necessary. So it, it, yeah, the, all of those things were all fine and well cuz if they had thrown in an eating or drinking aspect of it that was more than just the the sanity or whatever, then I think it could have been a lot more survival-esque because even the cold, I didn't find all that difficult. No. But I feel like they did give you the empty jug so that you could get water in them. They did have food everywhere. You couldn't eat any of it, though. why not have... But it's like a short game, so why not add that aspect if you're going to have food everywhere and you're going to have, like, water jugs and stuff? Like, to me, it's like... I I almost feel like it would have added a little bit more to the game. I mean, not that I like that pressure... I also want to say with the wolves, um, I actually, that was like the biggest jump I've had in a while in a video game where really? I was like not paying, I wasn't really paying attention to the game. It was that, it was close to the point where I was just like, I was almost done and all of a sudden one popped up and then the thing threw me off the snowmobile and I was like, <laughs> I, I mean, it didn't scare me, but I was like, <laughs> well, I will say not to get too far ahead, but this game actually is kind of creepy, especially when you get near the end, it becomes night out. And just, like, walking through the woods with it at night, hearing the wind howl, the snow crunching, it it put me on edge. Like, the only enemy you're fighting are wolves every once in a while, but just walking in the woods in the middle of the night, it creeped me out a little. That's funny, yeah, because I did notice that. I It was more that I kept waiting for something to jump out at me, and then it never yeah. did. So, I don't want to say I was disappointed. It was more just, I kept expecting something to happen, and it never did. But it is, yeah, it's a it's an ominous setting, I would say. Yeah, like comparatively speaking to another walking simulator, uh, some people have played it. It's kind of a bit like Gone Home, where you know in that game you're a kid who goes back to your family's home and it's completely empty, but a thunderstorm's going on. It's not meant to be scary, but it is just like this uneasy feeling of like emptiness and just the ambiance just does a good job. And so that's kind of felt like what this game was doing a bit too. I was I was gonna say too. I, part of the reason I, I mean maybe it doesn't play into the, much of why you can't take it. But I do think, because he mentions it throughout the dialogue a lot, is it is that the abundance of food you find, I think, is intentional to make the town feel very lived in and very recently lived in, because that is really one of the more important aspects of the story. Yeah. And Keith, did you also get the vibe that this game was originally supposed to be about purgatory? <laughs> no, but I was waiting to find out that I was dead. <laughs> So Yeah, because you're driving in a car and a nice fall day, you crash your car, then boom, it's winter and nobody's here. 
and you know spooky things are going on so i was like this game is about purgatory it wasn't until like you actually interacted with someone living it's like oh maybe this isn't no you don't know that they're not purgatory too <laughs> i can can we talk about that weird guy why was he there it didn't make any sense is, is it just because he was the crabby old man who refused to leave the town i like that they pointed out his diapers i thought that was kind of funny actually <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, that was so unexpected. I don't know if I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, like you can click on it, and he like makes a comment about like. He's like, it's nice. You can just do it all at the same time. You should try it. <laughs> well, except he says it that in French. Uh, that's what the translation. Which said. I actually wanted to ask you, Keith. What did you think of the narrator? Because both me and Liz, I felt like kind of were mixed on him. It didn't really sound like a narrating voice kind of guy. He sounded like a detective, though. A little bit, yeah. He kind of sounded like there was a guest star in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm. And he was like an old school detective But he was guy. also goofy sounding, too, because he also would make jokes. See, I'm torn. Because I also sort of thought it sounded like like um, when you have your computer like dictate something. It was yeah. just very rigid and very computery. But I was playing the other day, and my girlfriend's sitting there and just, you know, messing around her phone. And she looks at me, and she's like, I really like this narrator. So she really liked him. Uh, I thought he was <laughs> wasn't, all right. Wasn't Columbo in the 70s, though? Like, you're talking about how he kind of sounds like a bumbling detective. I mean, that was a, he was huge. Columbo was good, awesome. That is a good point. Yeah, I, I like some of his cheeky little lines, though. Like when you come to the one of the cabins and the lock is already on the ground. If you click on the lock, it's something about you know it's already been undone, and uh, whatever your character's name, I, I forgot already. Carl. Yeah, but Carl was very disappointed that he wouldn't have to solve the puzzle of this lock. I just thought that was kind of funny. Maybe chuckle. Yeah. So like, there's like just enough humor that's slightly sprinkled in the game that I thought it was enjoyable. I will say the thing that was most frustrating for me with Kona I felt like it was so incredibly easy to overlook things and you quickly will get lost and you'll constantly have to keep backtracking so I ended up I had was like three or four hours in and I said screw this I'm just doing a walkthrough for the rest of the way because I kept noticing where I kept going back to other houses to relook through things because I don't know if you noticed sometimes the narrator wouldn't kick in and tell you that you discovered everything Sometimes you'd go to a place and you'd say like, oh, the convenience store, Carl knows that there's still some secrets here and he doesn't want to miss secrets. So it would give you a hint that, hey, you haven't found everything yet, but it didn't always pop up. So even at the end, the whole main objective is you're trying to find like four bodies and there's one location that doesn't even have a body in it, but you're still supposed to go there and find all the clues. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm ready to go to the final area. But then the narrator kicked in going, oh, you should go back to the doctor. The doctor has some stuff you want to find. I'm like, okay. And it was just like one document that I didn't read. So it was just frustrating that I literally had to get back on my car, drive all the way back to find this one document that was just like, oh, okay. Well, back to the other way. So I just was so annoyed with the constant backtracking. Well, So I think it varied depending on what you actually needed to do. And I noticed if you look through the journal – it gives some of these hints inside of the journal too. and Which it took me a while to figure out how to actually turn the pages of the journal. They don't explain that to you. Well, that's that's something we haven't really talked about and we'll touch on after. Is that the scheme does not really do a good job of explaining anything that you're doing in the yeah. game. But as far as like the narration and things like that, I noticed like 
when I hadn't finished building the snowmobile and I left, that's what he would talk about. And that was one of the points within the journal where, you know, you have a, a tip that it's like, I need to find a better source of transportation for this, etc. So I thought that was kind of, I, or I actually, I should say, I didn't even really notice until about halfway through that, um, that he would do that sometimes, but yeah. So that, that might also be part of the issue, but I thought there was like a good reason for it. Also, do you have to find the bodies in in a specific order? I don't think you do. Not in order. Okay. But you at least have to locate all four of them. Because once you get to the vision, the final vision, you see the spirits pass on to the next life. That was the point I thought of the way. Dead, that I was dead. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because I felt like I wasn't really sure how to feel about the uh, murderer. I mean. They're a murderer. Because he wasn't. I mean, he they was. They weren't great. It was kind of. <laughs> Revenge, yeah. In a way, like I didn't really feel like they, you, I didn't really like hint at anything about like how like I'm supposed to feel about it. Because <laughs> I mean, is that too much of a spoiler? A little bit. So it might be too much of a spoiler, but <laughs> I, I just felt like at the end of the game, like you don't really feel good about it, but you don't really feel bad about it. That's why I didn't care for the story. Like I didn't really care for any of the characters. Is you don't really know their names. You don't really know a bunch about them. It's just. Well, I mean, a lot of the characters that like, we, I touched on this earlier when you're reading and you find out, like, I mean, pretty much everyone's kind of not great. You got a bunch of racists and cheaters and it's the woman calling her husband dumb and, <laughs> like... What do you expect from, a like, a backwoods town in Canada? Are you insulting Canadians? No, I'm just... <laughs> I mean, it could be any location. If you're in a small town of, like, 30 people, you're gonna get some weirdos. <laughs> Sorry, people who live in a town of 30 people. You're not a weirdo if you listen to us. They don't have internet. They're not listening to us. Gosh. <laughs> Is that too much? I don't know. What's your problem now? You said it. So, Keith, you said you didn't do a walkthrough at all, right? No. I looked up a few things because I got stuck. And so I did this whole entire game on foot. Not by accident, I promise. <laughs> there's an achievement for it and i said you know what i'm gonna do this and i did the whole dang thing on foot and i still did a lot of back and forth and it was points where i was starting to get annoyed but that was the point that was the few times that i just said you know what, screw it i'm looking this up i'm not gonna sit around and muck around with you know this kind of goofy little puzzle that is probably right in front of my eyes and i can't see it or you know how do i build this one item so there was definitely a couple things i looked up but i didn't do a walkthrough on it now like, the electrical puzzle, I thought, was kind of... I just looked that up. I didn't like it. it. Yeah, the one by the secret project. I it had something to do with annoyed me. following the connections of the wires, and I I just got annoyed with it, yeah, and just said, okay, screw it, I'm looking this up. Yeah, that was the point where I just said, screw it, I'm just doing a walkthrough for the rest of the way. Was, yeah, the electrical puzzle there. Well, see, that was my other problem, is if I was going to do a walkthrough, I would have done a walkthrough from step one of the game. I hate picking up a walkthrough on a game like this about halfway through when I've already just done bits and pieces because i'm almost going to have to start from the beginning and be like okay what did i miss at the first area what did i miss at the second area i'm gonna have to do the whole thing again anyways so at that point i I was just committed to doing it my way which i thought was pretty good um i got it all done so there's that (laughs) but i but i want to go back to what we were talking about this game explains nothing you get a few controls maybe but i don't i'm sure it's in a menu but it doesn't really give you a direction. It doesn't explain to you what you're trying to do. And 
just kind of says, all right, go for it. The journal is about your best guide, and until you really start finding things, which you don't know what you're supposed to look for, none of that gets filled in. Oh, I never looked at the journal. If I looked at it, it's when I accidentally took it out instead of my flashlight. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. You took it out, but I don't think you probably realized you can turn the pages, and it actually has, like, case by case of, like, pictures you're supposed to take and hints and guides of what the story's doing. Yeah, which, by the way, you're supposed to take pictures. And at the beginning, Andrew's like, oh, don't forget, you have limited amount of Polaroids. And then he's like, oh, there's an achievement. You have to take a a picture of all the things that you're supposed to inspect. And I'm like, you pretty much told me not to take pictures. You actually just said it yourself how I did not say that. Those You just misinterpreted me. I just warned you 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 had a limited number and you can run out. You insinuated that I shouldn't use them up. And I was like, oh, I'll probably need them later. Like, I'll just stop using them. But I mean, I also was answering your question because when you first were watching me play, you go, oh, do you have unlimited pictures? And I said, oh, I think so. And I was just taking pictures of everything. And I ran out of pictures. So that's why I warned you, hey, I found out you do have a limited number of pictures. I just feel like you always steer me the wrong way at least once. There is a good amount of film throughout the game, too. There's a ton. Yeah. I think when I I stopped, I had like 45, like unused. There is a finite number. That's all I said. But if you take pictures of what you're supposed to, you'll have plenty. Yeah. And that's not what you insinuated. You just want to constantly blame things on me. You're my husband. <laughs> that's your job. <laughs> oh, jeez. I, I will say the one thing I really enjoyed about Kona was the environments. This is the game I wish The Long Dark looked like. Because I remember how we were saying The Long Dark just felt so empty and it didn't really feel like woods. I actually felt like Kona did a fantastic job actually like portraying just a wooded town the houses i thought were spaced enough i i actually overall felt like the uh, houses were pretty lived in i love the foliage i mean granted graphically it's not great this isn't a triple a graphic game but i think you see the worst of the graphics when you're driving so especially when you're driving the snowmobile like the snow like jumping up when you're when you're going by i think looked not great and then same with when you're driving and the trees start popping up like like really sharply i'm just uh, i i didn't really care for that but overall like i mean you see like the the snow being blown around and i think in some ways the graphics were really good and i just think it was hit and miss i think it i think i it's more just i think what andrew said it's, it's about the environment the graphics aren't great right liz and i agree with yeah. that but yeah the, it's a small studio but yeah overall the environments and just the way it was built i think was really nice well i was more saying like there are some times when i felt like i was where the character was but then when i was on the snowmobile it kind of took me out of it oh, like, I gotcha. when i was walking around and i'm seeing like the wind blowing and hearing it too like i definitely thought like i mean i felt like i was in New England, you know? But, I mean, I just... Sometimes it took me out. Yeah. But, I mean, at least just overall, I thought, like, the environment was great. Because even, too, the sound design, as we were, as I said earlier, hearing the wind howl and just the darkness and the moodiness and the music I actually really enjoyed. The it's, intro music was awesome. I yeah. That. I mean, even our baby liked it. Anytime it was on, she started dancing to it. But, yeah, I thought, I thought the music was really good. What did you think of the radio music? I kind of was a little disappointed with that. Anytime I entered a cabin and the radio was on, I turned it off. I think it was supposed to, I mean, it was very much like just background noise. And obviously they can't get the license to stuff that was on the radio back then, I'm assuming. But for me, I just, I think it just like. It was elevator music. 
Yeah, I think it was just to fill the emptiness that you heard in the cabin. I thought it sounded very like fifties, just very kind of like I don't I don't know exactly know how to explain it, but just grainy. It sounded mono. It reminded me of yeah something you would hear like in the forties or the fifties, or at least like they played a movie for the forties or the fifties because I wasn't around back then. Um, so I and I think that kind of makes sense. Again, they're just I don't know. You figure this is a town of people who maybe they're between the ages of thirty and sixty. So a lot of them probably have grown up listening to that music if it's, you know, the early 70s. Mm-hmm. That was my take on, on the radio music. Yeah. I mean, I always turned it off because I actually preferred the, like, the ambient music that was just constantly playing. I mean, there's like, this game doesn't have a huge soundtrack, but from what was there, I thought it fit totally really well with the game. And it, it made the environment and like, like I said, it kind of made me uneasy and spooked a little bit. I was waiting for something to jump out of a house when you're exploring it and stuff like that. Well, there was one time I was exploring one of the cabins and I heard like something kind of crash and I went down and a wolf was in the cabin. Oh, I'm yeah. I'm assuming you guys saw that too. So I think that they did kind of have like that kind of cool thing that happened. But I wish that like in games that like, I, I don't think this game is trying to be spooky, but I think like hearing doors close and stuff is can be like really creepy. Yeah. Or like, I think there's nothing more terrifying than being in a house and seeing like, a door slowly start to open when no one's supposed to be there, but no games ever do it. I feel like a game like this, it would have been, it would have been spooky. No, but all the doors do shut for you, so. Oh my gosh, opening the doors! Like whenever I was trying to open a door and it would just like bounce at me, I'd be like, oh, I have to step backwards. It's like I, I just always felt like I was having a fight with these doors. <laughs> I hated it. Well, since we all thought it was a little spooky, on a scale of one to ten, how spooky was it? Five. So this game was more spooky for you than Resident Evil? I think you gave Resident Evil 4. Yeah, because Resident Evil was just like expected jump scares. Not a lot of... I don't know. Those ones were much annoying. I had annoying. a bigger jump with this. When I wasn't paying attention <laughs> so and I got thrown off the snowmobile, I was like, so like I didn't go, <laughs> Resident Evil. So, so I mean, we're <laughs> renaming this scale. It's going to be the scale. How many oohs <laughs> did it get out of me? Yeah, you should watch watching a horror movie with Liz. Every time something comes out, ooh, ooh. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, you're the that. scaredy cat. You're the I know. scaredy cat. I give this a two. What would you give it, Liz? Uh, that was the only time I really got spooked. So, I mean, I don't know. Same as Resident Evil, I guess. Because I thought... I Which was what? I don't remember. <laughs> what would you give it now, then? I'll, I'll give them both a... Three? <laughs> Maybe? I like know. how she's retroactively giving a score to Resident Evil at the same time. I didn't think I either were, were scary. That was a jump scare, and it's because I wasn't paying attention. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this one had spoopy, icy people. I guess, but they weren't moving. <laughs> yeah. I will say, though, the way that, like, if you were walking up to... I can't remember which one of them had one, I think, like, in the window. And just the way that that window just glowed blue... Kind of creepy. Oh, I wanted to mention ice, ice, baby. when you come up to the corpses, I that sound, that like piercing noise. Oh yeah, I hated that. That grinded my gears. I uh, oh yes, that, that actually, was awful. And then your screen point. goes white. I I hated it. The worst part too is when you when you go to the area for the final vision and you see the spirits transitioning, and I, so does. I warned at least my co my co host here. That you know that area you're not supposed to go to until you find all the bodies. Liz 
forgot about that tip and kept looking in that area. So she kept exiting and entering the vision. So I kept hearing that constant (laughs) screeching. And you were like, what the heck? Why can't I do this area? And then I was like, that's the area you're not supposed to go to yet. But yeah, if you are at that area and you just it's just it was frustrating i know it was grating on you at that moment too, well you told you me like at i me. had to find all the bodies but I, I stopped and started this game so many times that i didn't know if i'd found them all so i was like oh is it just not not going like so fair warning if you ever get a vision it's really annoying mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> but speaking of annoying getting into our achievements overall though starting off i will say i 100 percent recommend this game for achievement hunters all you have to do is pull up a walkthrough, and on average, to beat Kona, it's about five and a half hours. If you do a walkthrough, you could probably beat this in under four hours if you just follow the walkthrough. And you can get all the achievements in one playthrough. But overall, I think the achievements are overall very annoying. One of them is funny. It's like vegan or something, and you throw a yeah, steak vegan. to the, the wolf instead of shooting it. Yeah. But one of the achievements, which Keith did and I commend your patience, is to beat the game without driving a vehicle. And if you're doing a walkthrough, that achievement's probably not too bad to do. Because as we said, the map's not too big. But if you have to backtrack, which I tried first doing the game walking, and I got like two or three hours in, and I said, screw this, I am keep backtracking, I'm taking a car. This is taking way too long. So uh, I thought the achievements overall were very annoying. Honestly, though, it I beat it in, I think, 10 hours. So... Yep. I pulled up our stats. I beat the game in a little over nine hours. You did a little over ten, and Liz did a little over eleven. And I walked, and I didn't use a walkthrough. You were just lazy this week, Andrew. You mailed it in. Well, I think it keeps your like pauses too. Uh, yeah, I was. I'm because I I don't feel like I played nine hours of this game. Which, looking at our scores, I don't know if this is a first or a second. But Keith came in in first. It's happened a few weeks. You got 24 achievements. Andrew got 24 as well, but he got 595. And I got 270, uh, 14 achievements. You would get so many achievements if you just finished the game, but you refused to do it. Yeah. Oh, I had another quick question. Oh, and another thing. And another thing. (laughs) I'm stealing my. So I found a couple like little treasure map things. Did you guys do that? I did. Unfortunately, I did it when it was night out. But luckily, my Sea of Thieves skills came in handy. Mm-hmm. And I was overall able to do the maps pretty easily. I would have done it so much better if I could see. What did you find? So at the very end, which by the way, I thought there was only going to maybe be like five treasure maps. There is ten. That treasure map segment was way too long. And at the end, you get a flare gun. So all those flares you're getting, you get the flare gun, which is an achievement of its own to, one, complete the treasure maps, and then to shoot a flare in the middle of the night. Wait, so do you just, like, you get to the the X and you find another map? You, yeah, you find a box and there's another map in it. I don't think that that's really worth it. No. I would feel very... But I knew it was an achievement, <laughs> so I did it. See... And I did not do a walkthrough for that. I actually did it because... Yeah, that... I see the thief skills. The funny thing is, is that I ended up finding... The first one first, as you would normally, I suppose. But for whatever <laughs> path I took beyond there, I stumbled across the ninth one and then just got the final one. So I got the flare gun super early. To that point, though, because I was oh. on foot. Wait, did you get the achievement for completing the treasure then? Nope, because you, you just uh. have to actually find all ten, unfortunately. Okay. So I, I didn't do it, but I didn't end up going doing the rest of them because at that point I was like, oh, I don't know. 
know. I'm just collecting more maps. I don't want to do that. But to that point, going back to the point that I walked the whole time, at some point, I think I accidentally dropped my flare gun because I was trying to make space so I could pick up a log so I didn't die of freezing. And then I don't remember where I left it. And so I never shot a flare in the middle of the night, which is probably one of the easiest ones you can do. Well, I guess yeah. if you get the flare gun. That's frustrating that you just like dropped it somewhere and you don't know where it is. Did yeah. you guys smoke or drink? Nope. Uh, I drank because I did it by accident, so I just kept going with it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't even realize that I did, but I did apparently drink at least one beer because I I didn't get that achievement, but I got the no smoking, uh, one. Yes. Which I like that. That's an achievement. No smoking. Yeah. What's it called? Like pink lung. Pink lung. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I also will say the flare was a bit disappointing. I was hoping it would actually like illuminate the night for a while. It doesn't. I think it's more meant to scare off wolves, and. You will not get counted against. It's not considered a gun. So if you're trying to go from not shooting a gun achievement, shooting the flare does not count as a gun. So That's I think it's just more meant to kind of scare away walls. But I was really hoping it would like essentially light up the entire area, but it doesn't. Also, I think if you are trying to go through for the one to not shoot a gun, there's a secret achievement to shoot the final boss, which you can do. I'm pretty sure. I haven't tested this, so maybe I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure you can do that and then just die. And then reload a previous checkpoint before you shot the gun, and you should be able to cap that one in. I didn't think to try it, so I can't confirm. But you might be able to. So if you do, let us know if it works. Wait, so I'm confused. So you can't 100% it that you, you can. can. You can. You just shoot and reload a checkpoint. Oh, no, but he said that he hasn't tested it yet, so maybe you can. I did for another achievement, and I know reloading checkpoints does count. You are allowed to reload checkpoints. Yeah, so I'm figuring. And doesn't Okay. So okay. I figured you no, probably can. Curious. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm worst case, sure it's somewhere out there. Worst, worst case scenario, you could beat the game, and get the achievement for not shooting a gun, and then reload the checkpoint. Also that. Because the game does save like 15 checkpoint previously, so it actually gives you a long list of for you to select different times of loading, which I actually thought was a pretty nice feature. Oh, but another thing, <laughs> what did you guys think of the loading? Because I actually found the loading to be really annoying. It doesn't happen too often, and they're not too long, but it really would take me out of the moment. I, I mentioned that earlier. I really hated it. That's why I said I felt like they needed to do something different with the map or something, because every time you went to a cabin, and if you're on the snowmobile, it made that horrible noise that just drives dogs crazy. And I just, I, I think they need to find a way to fix that. I didn't mind it as a whole, because you load the game once, and then you never fully go to a load screen however yes it was really irritating when i'm trying to run away from a pack of wolves and uh, my character is near frozen i don't have a vehicle i just don't want to deal with it. and then you just get stopped what the heck so i had one more question so all the wolf <laughs> tracks are you always supposed to follow those no but the wolf tracks are supposed to lead you to like hidden campfires and sometimes some hidden supplies okay because i that's another thing that i wasn't sure if i was like missing out into it every single time I'm like crap am i playing the game wrong yeah it's another thing that just isn't okay. fully quite explained yeah so getting into our final thoughts liz what did you think of kona i like the game i i I'm going to say I like it. I don't love it. Like, I obviously didn't finish it. 
I it's one of those things where like I always like love detective shows and and movies and things like that. But I feel like in games sometimes it's very hit and miss. And as Andrew said, it, I mean it wasn't really like a true detective game. And so um, I think I'd give it a seventy-five. I think it's oh is that bad? No, your face. Wow, that's just how it you looks just, all the time. Liz. I thought you should know that by now. <laughs> you looked horrified. Your face. Because I think that's a. a a score for a good game that just was wasn't fully what I was expecting. So I said it was game. I still say it's a game, but there is just things I didn't like. I, I didn't like the. I liked the lack of direction in the sense of it made me want to explore, but I hated it in the utter lack of explanation to anything. I don't necessarily need a control tutorial. I, I can figure it out typically, so I don't mind when I don't have to waste my time there. But they didn't explain anything. The wolf tracks, the, the anything. So it just it could have done better in so many ways. But it's short enough. It doesn't overstay its welcome. I think I give it a 77. No, 78. So it sounds like you guys caught the coronavirus because I did not care for this game. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Too soon, man. Too soon. <laughs> So, overall, I don't think Kona's a bad game. For me, I was just disappointed. I was expecting something completely different. I was really expecting kind of more of a detective-based type of game. I was really expecting me to kind of rummage and find some clues, maybe make some deductions, maybe interview some people, try to figure out what's going on. But it wasn't. It's essentially a game that just has a lost identity. It's kind of a walking simulator, kind of a survival. And so I just didn't care for any of the aspects. I thought the walking simulator aspect was so easy to miss things. They end up backtracking a whole bunch. And I felt like I was getting lost a bunch. The survival aspect was just there. It wasn't really something I had to worry about. Something I didn't really have to manage. So it just felt useless. I thought the overall environments were good. I thought the story was just okay. I kind of liked it that they did a supernatural tone. I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was, you know, a nice interesting take, so... I liked it for that, but overall, the story, by the end of it, I was just like, yeah, okay. For me, I think I'm going to give this game a 60. Ooh. It's, I, I, I understand you guys enjoyed it and why you enjoyed it. I, for me, I was just, I had a different expectation, and I think that's generally why I probably ended up giving it a lower score, because I was just expecting something better and something different, and it wasn't it, and I was disappointed. That's why you should have zero expectations. <laughs> but looking at Metacritic... You said that on our wedding day, too. <laughs> wow. I figured you would have told her that, Liz. Or... Yeah, you... That was, that's, I think that's you meant to... to in, I, I knew you meant to insult yourself. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I'm just... I'm not gonna... <laughs> wow, okay. That's totally No, you won't. <laughs> anyway, critics. TBD users 6.6. And the critics gave it between a 60 and a 79. So, Which is what we did. Yeah. A couple little uh, tidbits that were thrown in. Because uh, there weren't many reviews, but some, some things that came up that one person thought the narrator was a bore. I liked him. Uh, a couple people didn't like the ending. Survivor, survival elements underdeveloped. Someone who clearly likes the game said, it's not a game, wow. it's an experience or a vision. And <laughs> a critic who gave it a 76 said, 
narrative adventure worthy of Stephen King. Which is kind of like, that's a very bold statement to make and then give it a 76. That's I, a very different score between <laughs> my 78 and their 76. Yeah. <laughs> and then our fourth and silent co-host. Is it a zero? And he gave it a zero. Uh-huh. And we know he's he speaks French. Yeah. We don't know if he's, he could be French-Canadian. I don't know. He used like turd and shit a lot. As he does. Classic. Uh, the translation was like especially bad this time. So if it sounds like I can't speak English, it's it's Google translation. Uh, the stupid story is full of cliches, and we can only save by making a fire anyway. But everything is so badly done in this little shit that <laughs> something is missing to make a fire. Except that the icon designating what is missing, I don't know what it is. <laughs> well, anyway, this shit makes me want to shit. <laughs> So I'll just leave it there. But yeah, so you do need to get warm to save. But then there is a manual save. Yeah, there's a manual save. But I think it's funny that he couldn't figure out how to make a fire. The symbols were clearly a match, a log, tinder. Like, I the did not think it was thing I never... The only thing that I didn't have sometimes was wood. Yeah. And everything else, I always had plenty. So for me, I just, I kind of didn't get that. Because once you light a fire in a cabin, it stays lit. You can yeah. go back there like 10 times. It's always going to be lit. So I didn't think that was uh Which, yeah, good point. Pro tip, everyone. If you see a fire, just light it. Because it never goes out. So if you ever end up stumbling upon that fireplace, you'll have heat. And don't pull a Liz. Put a ton of logs in your snowmobile or your truck. Yes. Always have them. You have unlimited space in your truck, but you have limited carrying space in your backpacks. Can I... Can I- Spoiler alert, real quick, complain about the ending, actually, because I really hated it. It didn't sure. make any sense. I, yes, I agree. Why the heck did you take the bolt out of the Wendigo? You're like, oh. hey, it's a tree with a bolt. Out of all the bolts, I'm going to take this tree, this one out. Up, oh, it's the Wendigo. And it's like, what? Well, I mean, I think that's all part of the vision, and you're part of it. My biggest issue with the whole thing is, well, first of all, I don't know. It's all super vague, his dialogue, as you ride away on the boat. But if you, I was just curious because I think I was trying to get back to a a certain save point. So I was trying to die by the Wendigo. And if you walk up to it in that final scene where it rips the fence off and it's staring you down, it just puts its hand up and goes, stop. I'm like, well. Oh, really? Yeah, it doesn't even try. It stops coming after you at that point. It's supposed to be super tense. And you're like rushing to the boat, or at least the first time I did it, I was. And then I was like, wait a minute. It doesn't even chase you. (laughs) <laughs> just looks at you and goes, no. So the Wendigo's not even bad, only the wolves are bad. <laughs> I think so, but the Wendigo also kills you. It just didn't make a lot of sense. I thought, it's like, I mean, the Wendigo, like, overcome with rage and he just, like, kills everything? Because I thought he was only after the people that murdered the woman. So that's what I got from the story. So the Wendigo was trying to get revenge on the hunting party of four people, and it kills three of them, but the fourth one was one who was shot and killed by another human. So the Wendigo can't fulfill its rage in revenge is kind of what I got. This is what I mean. This Which is doesn't make any sense because they're, I mean, they are dead. Yeah. Because weren't they after, they were trying to like overthrow something? And no. They... they ended up shooting a, a, they shot like a Creole girl in the middle of the woods and kind of covered up her death. Even though it was an accident, they still like covered it up though. But the documents are talking about how he he wanted to overthrow, like he was. Yes, sick they of, wanted to overthrow the rich guy. Yeah, and so that they were they were getting all amped up, and 
it, right when he said that he was going to do something about it, then the next page was, oh crap, like, I've never seen somebody die before. So, I kind of, they made it seem like it was connected, like, I don't know. Which I don't think it was. See, this is why I'm surprised you guys like the game so much. Even with us talking about the story, we're kind of confused about it. See, I, I don't know. Because I thought he made a comment, too, that was super vague, that almost like, was this really all for anything, or was this just what it was? Almost, I don't know. It was weird. Well, nobody should listen to me anyways, because I didn't beat it. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just wanted to complain about the Wendigo just legitimately just stopping from chasing you. It, it becomes in zero way dangerous if you just hit a certain checkpoint. It's kind of weird. Yeah. But anyway, I think that's going to do us first this week. I have been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can find me on Xbox Live at Firebird01952. I'm also uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash Firebird01952. We have a Facebook. Come check us out. I'm going to be posting more stuff on there. I would love to maybe get some game nights in. Uh, we have a bunch of other different things, but I'm mostly going to be focusing on our Facebook. So if you aren't already, follow our Facebook at Game Pass Grab Bag. I would love to maybe do a game night sometime. I know Liz really wants to play Among Us with some people, so might do that soon. Uh, but we also have a PayPal set up there if you feel so inclined to support us. We'd greatly appreciate any help, but we don't expect it. Yeah, I like that you're the one that told me to play Among Us, and I you don't like to play it. <laughs> I still like to play with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sus. But we also have a Twitter, which Liz is mostly in charge of. That's at GBGBpod. And we are also on YouTube. Where everyone's all posting. Wait, I'm in charge of Twitter. You are now. Okay. I gotta post some things. <laughs> Keith, take it away. I'm Keith, and I've been talking about this game, Kona, with Andrew and Liz. And also, quick side note, we would love to get a recommendation from people. It's been a while since we've had a listener pick. So, if there's a game you've found on Game Pass that you would love to share with other people and you want us to check us out, Email us at gamepassgrabbag at gmail.com. Yeah, and thanks. I'm Liz the Noob, gamertag commonabdeen, and I'm on Twitter at Liz the Noob, Noob is EW. All right, everybody. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If not, there's always next week. Bye, guys. Bye. There probably won't be any better. Have a good one.